I went to a science school when I was in high school and experiment is really big with me. Mm. If it doesn't turn out, so what? I mean, <laughs> yeah. and so I love that play. I, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to card this and then I'm going to throw this in there and then maybe I'll hackle that. Why not? Let's see what <laughs> In a world of store-bought items and a world that seems to never slow down, we make with our hands and tools. Here at Wool and Spinning Radio, we take a moment to breathe, to chat, to reflect. As the world continues in a whirlwind around us, we sit quietly at our spinning wheels with our knitting needles or on our looms. The gentle motion of twisting a spindle, watching it dropping slowly to the ground, or the click-clack of needles tapping against each other as we turn a heel, brings solace and comfort. We make with our hands because we love the process and value our handmade items. While they are never perfect, our yarns might be gently thick and thin or just plain over-twisted. In this place, we discuss what it means to be a maker, to use our hands. Join us as I chat with others in our community about these ideas, challenges, and rewards. Thank you for your time spent here in this place. You are always welcome. Welcome. Good to see you. Thank you. Um, I so what I usually do is, um, if it's okay with you, is we just kind of start off with um, you introducing yourself, telling us who you are, and I would love to hear Dion how you got started spinning. Like what brought you into spinning? For most people, they start off with knitting and whatnot. So sharing a little bit about that journey would be awesome, and just kind of giving us a sense of who you are because you're a very active participant in the wool and spinning community. And a lot of people know who you are. So it's just an opportunity to get to know you a little bit better. Okay. I am Dion Carter. I've been married for 27 years this year. I have Congratulations. Thank you. I have children, a boy and a girl. And all throughout their life, anything I did, they did. (laughs) And that is how I came to knitting. We were living in a town where there was this cute little yarn shop. And I asked my son, cause he was older. And I said, do you wanna learn to knit with me? And he looked at me and he's like, yeah, that sounds cool. <laughs> That's awesome. How old was he then? I think he was either nine or 10. Hmm. Yeah. Yes. So we learned to knit together. That's and so, so cool. Yeah. So even though he learned to knit, he didn't really keep it up, but he, He enjoyed being there with me and spending that time just learning something different. Yeah. So that's kind of how I started knitting. And then in that same little town, they would have knit groups or knit nights. And then I took my daughter. And so then she started to knit. (laughs) And how old was she at the time? At the time, she maybe about seven or eight. Yeah. And she do what Nora did to you, pick up my knitting and start knitting just by seeing me knit. So your daughter was like eight years old-ish? Yes. Okay. And she thought it was the coolest thing ever to go and see all these people knitting together. And so my first big project, I decided to do a sweater coat for her. Wow. Never did a sweater. (laughs) I went from scarf to coat (laughs) and it turned out gorgeous absolutely gorgeous in fact we passed it down to my niece 
who is 10 now and she wears it. Oh, wow. So that's how I started. And then the first time I went to knit me a sweater, we had a new dog and we weren't home and the dog chewed up my, yes. So I had never knit me a piece of wearable, a wearable garment at all. So I, I don't know what happened, but somehow I just stopped knitting. I think because we moved away and I didn't like any of the shops <laughs> where we moved. So then let's see, in 2020, a friend kept telling me, she was like, oh, we have two sheep and we keep saving up the wool. If you want some, you know, I'll give you some. And I'm like, oh, okay, let me think about it. And she kept reminding me and so I said okay I'll take some so I said well if she's going to give me this wool I need to first learn how to prepare the wool worst <laughs> first cleaning ever of wool first of all I mean it was absolutely horrible <laughs> really so worst first washing experience ever yes <laughs> First of all, I went on YouTube and I thought I had it down what I needed to do. I go to fill the bucket with the hottest water possible. Oh no. <laughs> the hottest water. I mean, I boiled water <laughs> and then the pot starts leaking. <laughs> so I had to get the water out that I got another tub, put it in there. So I put the wool in and all these start floating to the top and it's food that was in the wall <laughs> yes now mind you I didn't skirt I didn't do anything I didn't you know I was didn't know right you didn't know to do any of that I didn't know and then in the video it told me to agitate every 15 minutes <laughs> what was this woman washing <laughs> wool supposedly uh, so I think I had to do like three washes and three rinses. So you ended up with a felted mess. A felted mess. But I was, I kept going. <laughs> I, Did carted, you know? I didn't know. I kept going. I carted some up and I actually was able to spin some of it. Wow. And I even gave my friend some that I carted for her to learn how to spin with. So that day I was like, I am never doing this again, ever. <laughs> I was like, this is horrible. I'm like, I'm done. Yes. <laughs> In fact, I threw the rest of the wool away that I didn't watch. I just like went to the trash and threw it away. Yeah. And then I don't know what it was. I was like, okay, all wool can't be like this. Something, you know, let me just buy some already prepped wool. So how did you get started with the spinning? Sorry, because you said you spun some. So how did like, okay, I started because I'm like, I have this wool. Now I need to learn how to spin. Right. So I bought a drop spindle. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yes. So that's how I got spinning. I'm like, what am I going to do with it? <laughs> totally. Yes. Yeah, so I learned how to drop spindle and I taught myself and that went really good. And so then I bought some probably Merino and that was fine. And this, I love the spinning, but I'm like, this is too slow. <laughs> I'm like, this is too slow. 
I enjoy it, but it's too slow. Let me look at wheels. So then there is a shop near us, probably about half an hour away. And I went in there and I was like, I would like to try a wheel. <laughs> Never sat down to a wheel before. She didn't even ask me that. And so she just sat a wheel in front of me. I could not get it to go one direction at all, no matter what I did. Yep. So when I left there, I was like, I am not getting a wheel. I'm like, this is not for me. So then I did more research and I'm like, okay, <laughs> I need a wheel that I don't have to worry about oiling. I don't have to worry about, you know, all those things that a newbie doesn't understand. So that brought me to Spinolution and I got a Spinolution Echo. Never used one before, just did a lot of research and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And so then I just started spinning and I was spinning everything I could get my hands on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that's kind of how pretty much I got started. And then I was like, maybe I should try washing wool again. <laughs> Because you're a sucker for punishment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Love it. But I've done more research and I'm like, okay, I can do this. And it worked you out. Know what you did wrong, right? Like you understand wool now you've worked yeah. a bit with it. Yeah. Yeah. And then from there, I realized that raw wool or fresh wool feels so much different than processed wool, like so much better, so much nicer, everything. And so I'm like, okay, now I need some processing tools. <laughs> <laughs> you just jump into the deep end, don't you? Yes, I do. So I had my brother-in-law make me some comb some combs. And they were awful. <laughs> Fair enough. He did wrong. He used a hammer as the base. It was big and clunky. Too heavy. He too heavy. He had the tine sharpened, but the guy who sharpened them, he didn't file them smooth. So it just snagged the wool. And I was like, I guess I'm going to have to buy some combs. <laughs> oh, darn. <laughs> so I ended up buying combs, watch videos, and I loved it. Yeah. The feel, I don't know what it is. I just love the feel of the combing. And I am a tool person, especially mm -hmm. if it makes things more efficient. Mm -hmm. so I was like, okay, now why would I use a carter over cones? <laughs> yeah. So then I started searching that and then I found a used carter. <laughs> so yeah. I got the yeah. And I've never looked back. I just it's so relaxing. Mm. It's very fulfilling for me, mm -hmm. you know? And then I end up teaching, I think one, two, four of my friends how to drop spindle. Oh, cool. Recently taught my daughter. Yeah. And she's hooked. She is hooked. <laughs> she's taken a bunch of your stash, hasn't she? She's taken so a lot of my stash. She took my wheel, my... Yeah, my poppy is what I called my Spinolution Echo. And she has my wheel. I'm like, you're not bringing it back, are you? She's like, you sent it home with me. Did she not live close by? No. <laughs> oh, 
we should, I should ask you where, where are you Dion? For those who uh, don't know you, where are you located? I'm located in Fort Wayne, Indiana, which is about an hour and a half north of Indianapolis. Okay. And you guys haven't always lived there, right? No, we haven't always lived here. We actually used to live closer to Chicago in Indiana. And we spent more time up there. So we've been in this area about eight years, nine years. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But I grew up and lived in Philadelphia all my life until I met my husband. Oh, okay. And then that sort of took you away. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So your daughter's got your echo. So um, now what do you spin on? Because I know the answer, but other people might not. Yes. I spin on my Daedalus Sparrow, which is weighs about two pounds. And that thing can spin like so well, so fast. It's super quiet. <laughs> and then I tend to ply on a Starling Mini, which I end up getting for an incredible deal. Awesome. And then when I'm not, I'm on my Astra Traditional, which I have right next to me. And how did you end up with the Traddy? I ended up with the Traddy because um, a lady in my guild had posted a picture of a wheel and she wanted, I think she wanted 300 for it. And I was like, that seems like a lot. Mm. And in our guild, we have what's called um, Johnny Appleseed. And we go there and we dress up to the like 18th century kind of dress. And wow. when we, the wheel should represent that time period as close as possible. Yeah. So I'm like, I need a wheel for that. <laughs> totally. Yes, you do. Yeah. So I was asking this lady to post more pictures and she's posting pictures. And then another lady in our guild said to me, she's like, I have a wheel if you really want one and you can have it because I'm not using it. And she went at 150. She never connected with it. Wow. And I think, and I think because it's one treadle and she's used to two. Yeah. Yeah. And she just had it sitting and it was in wonderful condition because one of the guild members she bought it from used to have the store, the spinning store. And when she got it, she had revamped it, changed out everything. So I knew it was in wonderful working condition. Yeah, yeah, it was a working wheel. Not not a traddy that was sitting in somebody's living room. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's and amazing. It, and when we went to get it, my husband and I, she was just so nice. She was like, no, don't give me any money. You should try it first and see how it, yeah, she's really sweet. Really kind. Uh-huh. Wow. And excellent condition. So, yeah. and I think it's a uh, somewhere early seventies mm -hmm. and she, yep. That's awesome. Yeah. So I would love to hear about, um, you're really into color blending. You do a lot with color. I can tell you, you love, love. color. the walls behind you, the painting, <laughs> you're, you're all about the color. Um, which is wonderful. So I would love to hear sort of what your process is around color, how you approach your projects. Um, mm -hmm. I know sometimes we just sort of wing it with our projects, but what, what sort of, you said it's very, um, your spinning is very relaxing for you and very meditative. It's, it's a 
um, gives you a lot. Um, so I'd love to hear how that kind of plays into your process and just what, what fuels you and, and, and why, why, um, why you make what you make and what the inspiration is. Yeah. Well, color, I think part of my color sense (laughs) and why I love color so much is I remember growing up in a house with white walls Mm. in every room there. And the only color was what I could put on my walls. And I always loved color. I just, I used always painted, always loved crayons, anything that was color. I loved it. Mm. And so when I came to spinning, I know a lot of the raw fiber has, are their natural colors. They're brown, they're black, they're and I love color. So that's when I decided to start doing some dyeing, you know, because I paint, I watercolor paint. I have a wonderful color sense. It's natural. I don't, I've never really learned officially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just intuitive so, for you. Mm-hmm. So when I work with color, I just pick what works, what Amazing. I think yeah. So this I did yesterday on a hackle. I just picked a base color of blue, gray, and purple. And most of those, the blues and the purples are in the same family, a cool family. And then I threw in a coral for a pop mm-hmm. and a neutral. And yeah. I, I love seeing what I can get that whole experimenting. I went to a science school when I was in high school and experiment is really big with me. Mm. If it doesn't turn out, so what? I mean, yeah. <laughs> and so I love that play. I, I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna card this and then I'm gonna throw this in there and then maybe I'll hackle that. Why not? Let's see what. <laughs> yeah, very curious. I'm very curious and I approach all my art that way, watercolor, whatever, you know, and I'm very, I tend to be hyper-focused. So I do a lot of research too, as far as breeds and, you know, why you would use this, what's this Mm -hmm. for, Mm -hmm. how soft, how rustic. Yeah. So that's, I kind of approach my color that way. I just throw something on the card or (laughs) this is what I feel like today. That's amazing. Yeah. And then from what, what do you like, um, like you said about research with, with breeds. So what, what are the wolves that you tend to sort of be drawn toward? I tend to be drawn toward the mediums. (laughs) Really? That's not what I thought you would say. Yeah. Interesting. I thought you were going to say fine. Yeah. No, the fine. I think the whole thing where I, I used to never wear wool sweaters or hardly anything mm. wool because I hated the peeling. Totally. Finer wools tend to peel more. And so I think that's why <laughs> I tend to go with the mediums like BFL. Um, I have Lincoln. I have Romney, Shetland. Mm. I have the soft Shetland and a medium Shetland. So I, and those are the ones I tend to go, go for Corydale. Love Corydale. <laughs> Love Corydale. Yeah. Love. It's like the unsung hero of the wool world. Hey, yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. 
So what do you um, mostly spin for? What are the projects that you like to do? I'm assuming you went back to your knitting after all yes. these years, because now you've got yarn. Yes, I went back, but I'm starting to realize that I spin because I enjoy the spin. Yeah. I knit sometimes, I will knit maybe shawls, socks, but that doesn't draw me as much as the spinning right now. Yeah. So right now I'm kind of allowing myself to just, I feel like spinning. That's all I feel like doing. You know, I will use the yarn eventually. Yeah. <laughs> I've done some weaving. I've used some of my yarn to make a purse I wove. And I took that to Guatemala. I'm working on the sweater spin. So, <laughs> yeah. But I tend to spin because I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So what, why spin? Like what, what, you know, in a world where you could do anything, what, what is it about spinning for you that has sort of drawn you in and got its clutches around you? Um, when you spin, I think first of all, the color or no color. Sometimes I don't want color. Sometimes yeah. I just want something simple, the way it feels in my hand the process of it building up on the bobbin coming yes. to the color or the <laughs> yeah you know? it's addictive yes and it's just very soothing I have some mental health issues and so it's art soothes me and spinning mm. just seems to be what I need right now mm. <laughs> yes totally yeah um, do you think some of that has to do with um, the pandemic and just being locked down and being at home so much or? Actually, no, I'm a homebody. <laughs> Any of us are. <laughs> yeah. But no, that doesn't bother me at all. In fact, That's I, great. yeah, I'm actually, when I go out, I tend to have more panic attacks mm, yeah. even before the pandemic. So, yeah. Yeah. So in some ways, um, the last couple of years has given you that opportunity to be at home and just embrace your making. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Kind of like sink into it and sink your teeth mm -hmm. into it. Because you kind of started spinning right at the beginning of all yes. of the lockdowns and the fear and all that kind of stuff. It's yes. been about two years. I, yep. I washed that wool in June of the pandemic. Oh, there you go. Wow. And I got my spinning wheel September. Wow. So it's very fast for you because mm -hmm. the yarn that you're producing does not look like beginner yarn. I mean, it's just beautiful and photos and stuff. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. So what are your, what do you, what do you hope to do with your yarns? Like you're spinning in stuff. Do you, oh, do you want to share about your mug? A little plug for Sharon. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is my mug from Charan Shakar and he makes mugs that look like sweaters even little buttons down there. He is so talented. He is. And he makes wonderful art. Yarn. Yeah. And he's just a beautiful human being. He's he lovely. Yeah. Yes. He's very sweet. I'll uh, link his um, uh, shop in the, in the notes. Cause uh, Katrina, she has a couple of his mugs. She has one that Eric gave her. And then uh, she gifted one to her mom for Christmas, which I thought was so lovely. Like what a perfect gift for a fellow <laughs> fiber person you know it is he has one that's lace that I also bought and it's a lace pattern it's gorgeous oh yeah yeah 
Um, that's really great. Um, yeah. So like, what are your, what are your hopes and dreams with your spinning? What, what do you hope you to accomplish eventually? I hope to be able to sit down and consciously spin whatever gauge yarn I want without worrying about if I can do it mm. or I'll turn out <laughs> the same for this one project. I don't like that uncertainty. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So wow. that's, and to just enjoy it. You don't always have to have a project in mind to spend. Mm. Just, yeah. Hmm. Are you quite intuitive with your projects? You sort of just go with sort of what, what's inspiring you in that moment and what you're ready for next? Yes. Is there a lot of pre-planning or a lot of pre forethought or do you Most tend to go on your feelings? I tend to go on my feelings. Yeah. <laughs> Wetter spin, that was some pre-planning because I had bought the BFL silk ahead of time and I wasn't sure what colors I wanted. And then I thought, okay, I love the teals and greens together. So then I thought about that. And then I thought, okay, how do I want to dye the fiber? <laughs> You know, I want some solids. I want some mixed, you mm. know, through that. Yeah. And then I went through, okay, I don't want to spin like four ounces straight and then throw on another. I want it all mixed up because I want it to, I love that marled look. You do. You like the color twisting it. and the barber pulling and yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then I'm like, I want a little texture too. So I threw in some sorry silk. <laughs> Totally. Yes, you got to do that. Yeah, all the things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of how I thought about it. I kind of did it in my head and I was like, okay, this is, I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With your dyeing, are you mostly dyeing wool? Like, are you, you're mostly, you work mostly with wool, right? Like, that's kind of your, what you've done yeah. so far? So far, I have dyed silk. Mm hmm. So I do like working with silk. Um, I've spun some alpaca, which I do like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I actually just spun some black alpaca, but I put little bits of a bluish Angelina in it and it is gorgeous. It like brings the black out. Yeah. <laughs> it would just potentiate, they would potentiate each other. Yeah. Wow. That's a cool idea. Yeah. And that's another thing, even though I love color, sometimes I want color without dyeing necessarily. Yeah. So, so this is thin and all I did was put some sorry silk and a little bit of a Angelina in it and it turned the cream wool this color. Wow. Yeah. I like those hits of that little bit of turquoise, that little bit of darker sort of bluey purple. Mm -hmm. That's really pretty. Yeah. That's going to make a beautiful knit fabric. Yes, this is. Uh, yeah. And I also, I spun, I did one bat like that, but the other single, I just left the way it was and just put gold Angelina in it. And I did one single with the sari silk and one just with gold Angelina. And I am real, I love it. It's gorgeous. So are you hoping to use those together in a project eventually? Or do you sort of, 
No, I plied them together that oh, way. Oh, you did? Oh, okay. Yes. So that, that's what gave you the barber pulling. Yes. Oh, yep. amazing. That's going to look incredible knit up. It's interesting, hey, with those barber pulled yarns, because they, mm -hmm. um, especially a skein like that, where it's consistently bar pull, barber pulled through the whole thing. You've got mm -hmm. one skein of each, one single of each. Um, mm -hmm. You sort of think when you see it in the skein, like it's, it's not everybody's taste to like that. Mm -hmm high degree of barber pulling, but I've really noticed, um, just from looking online and looking at photos and when my local yarn shop was still open, when you see those yarns knit up, they are so beautiful. And it makes you think of like the college sweater. Like we don't really have that up here in Canada. It's sort of more of an American thing, but you think mm -hmm. of like the, the Letterman sweater, you know what I mean? Not the jackets, but the sweater, that's what they look like. Yes. And I think, and that's what I love the way they knit up. In fact, where are you at? I was hiding it from my cat. <laughs> Excuse me. Hopefully you don't see my bottom. <laughs> it's all good. Okay. This is real life, Dion. <laughs> this is from a blended top. And oh, just different shades of pink. And sorry, Syl. And this, I'm just so excited to knit this. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And what's in that? So the Angelina silk and what's the base fiber the wool? The base fiber is merino. Wow. So it's about three, four different colors of merino, sari silk, and I think Tesla silk. Wow. Yeah. So when you, especially for people who are newer spinners or don't work with color very much, when you mm -hmm. look at a skein like that or the one that you had just shown that was the be beautiful greens with a little bit of teal in it. Mm-hmm. When you're thinking about a project and thinking about project planning, what are some of the um, things that you think about, like um, in terms of like your knitting or, and if you want to talk about what you would think about for weaving, because I think you weave on a rigid heddle. Is that right? Yes. Oh, so you can do a lot with plain weave. Yeah. What I think about is first of all, do I just want to knit with knit or weave with just this, or do I want to add other colors? And if I want to add other colors, the safest bet for most people is to pull out colors that are already in here. Mm -hmm. So if they don't want, they think this is too busy, pull out some of the solid colors, you know, or add a cream mm -hmm. or a white or a black even, because that'll make it pop, mm -hmm. you know? So that's kind of what I think about. So like, even with this, I love this. This is very sedate, but I think to make it pop, I would add, weave it with a blue, a turquoise blue. And match that color in there. Is that what you, yep. like that same color? Is that what you would think? Yep. That's what I would match. Yeah. And you would do one as the warp and one as the weft kind of idea, or maybe interest yeah. them or like what? Probably a little bit of both. I think I would use okay. this warp and add in the turquoise with it, not warp, as weft. Mm -hmm. and add in the turquoise and maybe just do turquoise as warp. Oh, yeah. What a great idea. Yeah. That would actually be beautiful as a hat too. Yes, it yeah. would. <laughs> yeah. Cause you've got just, you've probably got like just, just enough some. and then you could do something really fun with the pom-pom. Mm -hmm. yeah. hmm. Do you have other projects sitting there on your desk that you want to do a little bit of a fashion show? Um, no, I kind of showed you. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's fun. Like um, this. Oh, I, 
This is what I found out with my hackle though. The hackle waist makes beautiful yarn. So I keep it in a little basket. And as soon as I'm done pulling it off the hackle, what I might do is layer the carter with a base of a neutral wool, just to hold it better. And yeah. then, all, cause this is so short. It'll that stick. Great carter. idea. Yep. And you save it and then cart it all up. Yep. Do you throw it through the the carter a couple of times or do you tend to just card once or? Normally. Because I mix I want those little pops of color to come out in the yarn and the more times you card it gets smooth blended. Yeah. so what kind of a carder do you use to get sort of those smooth bats that you get I actually have a brother carder it's just the basic one and I think I have 54 tpi too so I don't have a high wow yeah how do you card then that you get those beautiful bats off there do you just go really slow or no, I just <laughs> have the flat. magic touch, Dion. <laughs> and normally I don't put my bass through more than three times. I, you know, maybe two or it just depends on what it looks like or if I'm trying to mix different fibers. Oh, okay. Yeah. And what effect you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you very few people in like today have access to a local guild, but you did mention at the beginning about the guild. I would love to hear a little bit more about your guild and what you guys do. You mentioned the Johnny Appleseed, but um, you always, is your guild a weaving weavers and spinners guild? Is it just spinners? Is it knitting? Like um, I think it's just good for people to know about what's out there. Um, it's a spinners guild and we are a teaching guild. So whenever we go to any festival in our area, we're trying to teach the people around about the wool, about natural dyeing. That's a big thing in our guild too, natural oh, dyeing. Mm -hmm. And so at the Johnny Appleseed Festival, that's what we do. We'll bring a drop spindle, we'll bring a wheel. We'll, before COVID, people could test, you know, they could try things out. Mm -hmm. You know, a combs, not a Carter, because Carter isn't something that they had back then. Totally. Yeah, they had hand cards, but. Mm -hmm. And so like next month at our guild meeting, um, the presidents bring all these different samples of the shave them to save them. Yeah. Yeah. And are you we had. Are you planning um, to do it? The shave them to save them? Are you thinking about it? I'm thinking about it, but I, I sometimes get sidetracked <laughs> because when you, they all have to be in their natural state when you work with them. Yeah, yeah that's so a problem. That's, that's a problem. It really is. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. what do you mean? Throwing a little bit of sorry silk? <laughs> <laughs> no sparkle? <laughs> yeah, I can't do that <laughs> no sparkle oh my goodness gracious you're dealing with like these rustic braids that are like for rugs and you're like but I want sparkle <laughs> pretty much <laughs> oh my goodness Dion that's amazing <laughs> yeah so probably not officially I have spun yeah. a lot of the breeds on that list 
Oh, good for you. That's amazing. In a couple of years, you've been able to get through quite a few. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah good job. Because that, that's not easy to do. Like some of them are hard to find. And yes, you know, so it's probably the ones that are really difficult to get that are, you know, mm -hmm. I probably won't be able to spin them or get to them. And in Canada, you can't get the um, passport stickers. They won't they won't do it up here. It's only in the States. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I get it. Um, mm -hmm. probably postage and stuff, but, um, yeah, okay. it's too bad. Cause we could, I don't think there's, we've got a population issue up here. Like there's just not enough people. We're a huge country, but we're just mm -hmm. very small. Um, I don't think that there's probably enough people in the wool world to make a program like that fly that would be particularly like it'd be a lot of work for not a lot of you know what I mean yeah pay out so, yeah 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 but I think but on the other hand we've got people like Anna Hunter doing the long way homestead mm -hmm. um breed that she does breed study so where you can subscribe for a year and you get stuff from the wool the Canadian wool cooperative so yeah yeah we've got other things but it, I would love to do the shave them to save them and get the passport and the stickers and stuff but huh. yeah, yeah some Reads like I can't remember who it was in our make a morning. Oh, Diane Barrows. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. That one would have been tossed. I couldn't do that. <laughs> I have to give her kudos for sticking with it because yeah, some of these breeds are really hard to work with, and hearing her journey has been mm -hmm. very enlightening. I think for many of us who don't have access to some of this stuff, because I'd be like, okay, I tried it. Nope, I'm done. That's <laughs> Off it goes into the compost. Yes, because I think it was Devin I spun, and I think I think Devin, and it was everywhere. Because mm -hmm. I I kind of did my own breed study, and I'm still working through it. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is driving me nuts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it's like a bad cat study everywhere. <laughs> Just shedding. <laughs> Yeah, yes. I found car cool like that. It just was everywhere. Yeah. And it bites the twist because it doesn't need very much. And yeah, it was hard. It's a real rug yarn. Mm -hmm. The one that I had. Yeah. Yeah. Um, would you like to share with everybody where they can find you? Um <laughs> you're, on the Slack, you're on the Slack channel. I think you're on the Slack channel as Dion. Is that right? I think so. Engaged? Is I'm Deej a um, nickname? Yes, it is. It's because my maiden name was started with a J. And so DJ or Deej was what I, yeah. DJ. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. D-E-E-J. D-E-E-J. Yeah. So which one's correct? Both. Oh, both. <laughs> okay. So it's Deej or uh -huh. DJ. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. 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 I'm on Instagram as DJ Creates. And -E -E I am on YouTube. Yep, D-E-E-J. I'm on YouTube as that too. But I don't have a lot of my um spinning on YouTube or anything. Oh, okay. Is Instagram the best place to see your photos and stuff of what you're working on? Um, I don't have a lot of stuff up because of a situation where I can't post oh, for reasons right now. Yeah, that's too bad. So if yeah. people want to connect with you, the best place is on the Slack channel because it's private. Yes. A little bit yeah. more, a little bit more protected. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, I think people are so aware of the whole of the issues with social media. Like I'm, no, I'm noticing that it's becoming more and more common that people are like, nope, I'm just on the Slack channel. You know, I, I've actively sought out communities that are private. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get it. Yeah. Was there anything else you wanted to share about your making before we say goodbye? Um, or inspiration for others or like anything you'd somebody who's just getting into working with color for the first time. Okay. If you're working with color for the first time, just try it. Don't be afraid. Mm. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. <laughs> I mean, you can make, you can make slippers. There you go. <laughs> so true. And socks. Nobody's going to look inside your shoes. Look inside. And if they do, something's wrong. So <laughs> get away from them. Yeah, but I I love the quote you always mention in, on Saturdays about play. Mm. Just explore play. Yeah, yeah. And something I'm really trying to instill in the kids is like, be curious, <laughs> just play. You know, it it'll come together. Yeah, and I think you learn so much that way. Even if it's I learned what not to do next time. <laughs> You still yeah. I was going to ask you, I didn't ask you at the beginning or earlier. Um, do you keep control cards or records of what you do? Like, how do you keep track of what you make? Or are you just because it's so intuitive for you, you just sort mm -hmm. of don't need that record keeping? I keep records of like my sweater spin. And actually, yeah. I'm for class and sweet school of sweet Georgia. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh, amazing. <laughs> so I'm keeping records of that, but most of the time I don't. I tend to um, take pictures of stuff and put it in, have you heard of Airtable? No. It is a resource where you can take pictures and keep track of your projects, your your stash, everything. Wow. And that's why I put my most of my information inside there. Airtable, okay, I'll look it up. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll try to remember to link it in the in the notes for the on the Patreon post so that people can look it up too. Mm -hmm. You found that really helpful, hey? Very helpful because a lot of people do post on Ravel Ravelry, but now that causes issues. Airtable is private. You can put everything in there, and you don't have to worry about having any issues. That's awesome. Oh, that's yeah. great to know that. I know there are beginning to be more alternatives out there. So yeah. it's nice to hear about one that somebody's got some experience with. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Dion. You're welcome. What are you spinning? <laughs> oh, you're so funny. Um, I'm actually continuing to work away at this uh, road trip, the um, Sweet Georgia BFL Silk. Um, it's the three ply fractal. And I've got one more for the, this is the multi bobbin. So the one that's like the multi, the, the final fractal mm -hmm. uh, piece, if you will, but I'm doing it as the second bobbin. And I've got the, um, I divided it twice for the second bobbin. So this is technically the third, the way I think mm -hmm. about it in my head. Mm -hmm. um, the problem <laughs> is that <laughs> because the singles are so fine, mm -hmm. the, it's, and it's 75 grams per bobbin. Mm -hmm. it's taking forever. <laughs> like one of these is basically an hour, like uh -huh. to spin. So it's like, mm -hmm. so I divided this 
third bobbin, quote unquote, um, so that I would have five to spin end to end. And there's no pre-drafting because um, I'm hoping that it's not a super elastic yarn because I want it for weaving. I'm okay. thinking about doing um, a denting scarf where you've got holes. Yes. Yeah. Which is all very fine and well in theory. Um, uh -huh. But it's, yeah, like, it's the spinning. So this is basically stripped five times. This is like five hours of spinning, right? Oh, wow. So, yeah. and then the end to end, it probably took three hours to do like the end to end, maybe more. And then mm -hmm. I've got the one that's the two left for the fractal. So it's this one. Okay. Um, and like, that's probably going to be two and a half hours per thing. Like it's just labor intensive. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. this is why I don't do these big spins anymore. Um, like, yeah, I sometimes get but you criticized do for not doing those big spins, but it's just, they're so time consuming. Yeah. You still do sweater spins though, right? Yes. But you're working through your stash. Your I am. Yes. But you know, it's funny with the sweater spins. Like when was the last time I did a sweater spin? That's a good question. Like they, that, they, they you comment about that. Cause I'm not sure I've done one recently. No, that huge bat of, I can't remember what it oh, was. Oh, that Romney. Yes. That's what <laughs> <laughs> that awful that's Romney. That's yeah. That. <laughs> you have a good memory. Um, because it's funny because that sweater, I haven't worn it yet. Um, because the bottom, so the bottom rib, like the, the ribbing on it at the bottom, it's mm -hmm. a, um, it's a knit one slip one with your yarn in front to make it look like a, like a rib, but it's actually knit, slip, knit, slip, knit, slip. And you're slipping, like I said, with the yarn in front. But the problem is, is you're basically doing stockinette. Mm -hmm. So it curls really badly. Oh. <laughs> so it's like, and because of the way that the button band is done, it's done with an I cord, um, which actually I really liked the effect of, I'm at, I'd actually really like to use that effect again, um, with the bottom curling so badly, um, it kind of ended up being a bit of a wah-wah for me. Like it was yeah. like, oh, you know, and I, like, I don't know how you would rip that Romney out. Like it's carded. Yeah. It's woolen, like it's, it's going to be so tangled to try to get it on. And I'm sure that when I was knitting with it, you know how when you're knitting, if you have a yarn, even if it's not super splitty per se, but you've got all those fibers and your needle goes into it and yes. then you try to rip it out. It's like not a clean rip. Yeah. yeah. I think that's probably what is going to like would happen if I tried to pull it out and redo it. And there's this part of me that's just like, you know what? It, it's just going to be one of those sweaters that was an education. It was an yeah. experiment. I learned yeah. a little from me again. No. <laughs> totally. Don't work with fiber that was meant for like a mattress. Yeah. Like, cause it was given to me, like it was gifted and it was massive. And there's, I actually have quite a bit of the yarn left. Mm -hmm. So there is a part of me that would kind of like to. What about socks? Yeah, I was thinking socks or like a really um, durable pair of um, figureless mitts. Yeah, that's a good idea. Something, well, either something, but something like that, like house socks would be good for house socks or even um, the soles of slippers. 
Yes. Oh, that's yeah. Nice. So just some of the things I'm thinking about. Yeah. But mm -hmm. I'm amassing quite a large yarn stash um, of like one-off stains. And now it's like trying to figure out what to do with it all, you know? Yeah. yeah. I know I eventually would love to be able to weave a blanket. That's one of my goals. Yeah. Um, also something I'm trying to do this year is I have a goal to learn a knitting technique each month. That's a great idea. So this month I'm working on all the different ways to do short rows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause I, I do want to improve with my knitting. I think that is why I don't knit as much. I think I have this fear of ripping back. <laughs> like yes. you. The frog is real. <laughs> I know. Or even just coming out with the end product that you don't like. <laughs> yeah, totally. And then having to decide what you're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a very real struggle, right? Especially if it's your hand spun because yes. the more you work with your yarns and you know what you like, um, that, the, it, that, that's great, but you're still going to have projects that are flops, you know, it, it, no matter how much you do, no matter how much you knit, no matter how much you make, and you're, you're still going to have that project that was like, you know, I, it was a, it's a calculated risk. <laughs> I thought I, it would be fine. And it sort of ends mm -hmm. up being, oh yeah. And I think the first sweater, I actually did a sweater with my hand spun and it's sort of a flop. It's in between. <laughs> yeah. I probably should show it, but, oh, I did. I showed it in the Mick morning that one time. Yeah. Yeah. I bound off the sleeves too tight and I'm just not in love with the color, the stripes. And you can't do anything about that. Like, it's kind of like my shifty, right? Like you kind of, you make your choices, you make the decisions. There's a yeah. part of me that's like, maybe I should rip it out because I love the pattern. Mm -hmm. But then there's some other parts, like I learned a lot. Yeah. So at what point do you need to let it go and just yeah. kind of accept that it didn't work? Yeah. It kind of was what it was. You know, I hate that saying. I hate when yeah. I, I hate's too strong a word. I strongly <laughs> dislike <laughs> it is what it is. Cause it, it means you're taking absolutely no personal responsibility. Like that you had no part to play. Um, yeah. And so it just kind of, I, but, but I think there is that piece of you only have so much creative control, you know, yeah. there is, there is that part of our making that really is out is, of our hands. Yeah. It's a yeah. little bit of chance. You, you, you mm -hmm. kind of control and manipulate as much as you can, but at some point you kind of have to leave it up to think of them as like the fiber arts gods like yes I understand well I don't when know you know about it I'm thinking if nothing else if I want to keep it since it is my first project I could turn it into a large project bag 100% you could yes like a sweater yeah. project bag. <laughs> yeah how cool would that be sweater <laughs> You could line it and everything with some beautiful um, um, quilting cotton or something with a really fun design that matches the color work or not yeah. the color work, the stripes, like the colors that you chose for the yarn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And think about that until just now. Thank you. <laughs> Bad idea. Yeah. yeah. I think there's always ways to showcase our stuff, you know, and I've sometimes yeah. even thought like with some of those old sweaters and stuff, wouldn't, 
you know, if you know you're not going to wear it, you know that if it ends up in the in the donation pile, it's probably going to get felted by somebody by accident because they don't know what to do with it. Um, yeah. I really love the idea of, and I haven't done done this, but it's something that's brewing in the back of my mind. Is getting Mike to my husband to make some wooden frames that fit with frame within frame, kind of like the the embroidery um, mm-hmm. by, but frames so that the outside one is finished. And um, maybe with like a, a, you know, a wood wax or something that finishes the wood that makes it really look nice, brings out the grain a little bit, but then they fit together and slide in together that you could stretch the fabric over and hide it in behind and it becomes a wall hanging. Uh, that's not you know? nice. Yeah. It's not difficult to do something like that, that fits together, that would be <laughs> snug enough that you could swap it out after a little while and not too tight that you're stretching your fabric and ruining the integrity of your fabric, you know, where it gets all stretched and your knit yeah. stitches or your woven stitches no longer look right. Uh-huh. I like that idea. Yeah. I've seen one where they took the crochet um, and they nailed it. So it's like on a board and it's, it's not stretched, but it's laid mm-hmm. properly. And then they nailed it with, um, it must have been stainless steel screws. Okay. Um, and it was done so that you could take that piece off um, if you wanted to switch it out for a new one. Because like crochet, there's a lot of holes. You could totally yeah. do knitting as well. Um, yeah. And you can change out the piece. Like, And I thought it'd be really neat to do something that was seasonal so you could change it out for the seasons. So that those gorgeous, sick. cool colors in the winter and spring. Yeah. Colors make you think of spring. Uh-huh. I like that a lot. Cause yeah. I was thinking, I was thinking, could I use a canvas for that? But that would be more permanent. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the idea of being able to switch it out and switch out your colors. Um, we have a huge area rug in this room and it's blues and grays. And then there's like hits of fuchsia, magenta, and orange. So you can highlight, um, those different colors for the different seasons. So in the summer, your uh, the piece on the board could be like those beautiful fire reds and oranges and yellows yeah. and. I like that, like my sweater. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. And then your like your uh, your winters would be the the fiber that you carded yeah. up this morning, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, with that warm coral for the winter fire. I like that. Yeah. Oh, so much inspiration. Hey, yes. Yeah. Talk about it all day. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So he actually knows what's. <laughs> it's almost too many ideas. And like, there really is that feeling of not enough time, right? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you, Dion. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us and for us to get to know you a bit better. And um, I'm sure if people are watching slash listening to this, um, mm-hmm. please reach out to Dion and, and um, she's a source of inspiration. She's always a welcoming face in the Maker Mornings um, when she's able to be there. So um, I, I hope you guys enjoyed getting to know her a little bit more. Thank you. I enjoyed talking with you too, Rachel. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Dion. Mm-hmm.